Hey, welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Check us out on the web at missiodeschicago.com. Today I'm talking about, about uh, giving away the beloved, and it is us as we begin to give away Jesus, but also how do we love in community? What does it look like for us to love um, and, to be, and to be giving? Uh, this week was a very historic decision in Chicago, and I'm a very slow processor, so if ever we have a conversation and I'm like, this is what I believe, I'm probably going to process it for two days and be like, that's not at all what I believe. <laughs> it's like, I need time. Um, so that's how it was with this decision. Immediately after it, I wasn't very... Uh, sharpen my ability, but I've had a little time now, and I think of um, the way that Psalm 97 starts out, and it says, the Lord reigns, this is not up there anyway, but Psalm 97 says, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And I think that when, um, you know, we all imagine what it's going to look like for God to, for revival to hit the city, for renewal to happen. And I think when it doesn't look the way we think it should look is when it really tests our resolve with the Lord, which so many times it doesn't look, you know, that way. But I will say it is, um, you know, amazing that as a black man in the city that I, this decision is changed and transformed so much for the way that I look at my role in the city. And I appreciate the activists uh, like Will Calloway and people who've had this resolve to see this happen. Now, you know, lives are destroyed in the midst of this. Laquan McDonald is a life that's lost um, needlessly. And, and now, um, Jason Van Dyke is facing years and years in prison as a police officer, um, which is also not going to be easy. But I know that unequivocally, I've, I see the, the way the city has responded, that it's now determined to treat me as a human. And I, it's really hard to put that in words, but I know what we gather for and what we all pray about it's God, let your justice be known in this city. God, let your, let corrupt, let a city not be known for corruption. Let it not be known for, for violence. Let it be a place of peace. So how auspicious is it for God to start here with such a historic verdict? So I just want to say, Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. 
Father, I just thank you that um, in your love and in your prescient knowledge that you have allowed us to witness such an amazing moment, Father, that it feels as if you are beginning to cleanse the city, God, that you are beginning to transform our reputation, God, that you are beginning to, um, to let your throne be reestablished here in Chicago. And I think beautiful thing, Lord Jesus, is what we all dream about. It's the reason we're all here and present and incarnated in our work that we do in the city, God. And I pray that we will continue to keep our hand to the plow, that we will continue to believe, that we will continue to pursue the marginalized and serve with love despite what it looks like, because I thank you for your breakthrough that's ready at any moment. In Jesus' name, amen. And giving is something that I feel uniquely qualified to speak about <laughs> because my name literally means to give. My name is Nathan, and in Hebrew, it literally means to give. So there, there's some things that you don't have control over that your mother, you know, she kind of like, oh, I didn't say, but, you know, your parents, they will form you by the way, um, by your name. So if you don't know what your name is, and I'm sure I probably said Look up what your name means. It'll explain a lot about who you are and who God sees you as. Um, so I love to give, and I feel like giving is the ultimate culmination of love. For God so loved, the, he so loved the world that he gave. That when we are full of love, it automatically spills out to us giving. And this encounter that Jesus has with, this, with the woman at the well is uh, wonderful for so many reasons. As we know, Samaritans and Jews, they didn't have any dealings together, especially men and women coming to a well and Jesus asking a woman for a drink when normally the women would wait for the men to come and draw water for them. It was him just completely reforming the social way that people, in, that the people engaged. Jewish people go miles out of their way to avoid Samaria. Like, that's some hate right there. Miles out of their way to avoid this location. And Jesus goes directly there. And I imagine the shock and the awe that the disciples are walking in and, and seeing Jesus go there and have this encounter with this woman who is being encountered by the living God. And in verse 12, when she says, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave himself this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. You drink a cup, you drink some water, and then it becomes a fountain in you. So many times the gospel can be, um, it, it can seem so simple, but it's so complex in its simplicity that we should drink what seems to be finite, but because it is living water, then it springs up in us 
an everlasting fountain. It is if we are taking the bread and we're taking the wine and it becomes a bakery. It becomes a field of wheat. The wine is not just the cup, but it's everlasting life, abundant life that we are taking, and it becomes a vineyard in us. Infinite possibilities for us to pour out to others. Yet, we live in a world where we are constantly reminded of our finite resources. We're constantly reminded of what we cannot give, what we don't have, how we don't measure up, how this person is buffered in me on Instagram, how this person has more money than I have. I'm living my best life. I'm living my worst life, you know? These constant reminders of how we don't measure up. But knowing, essentially, that God has created us to give, to be so full of love and so full of his abundant life that we can't help but spill over. We can't help but spill over. I love it when God gives me a dream and helps me with the sermon. You know, it's like, it's really cool how he does it sometimes. And all I saw was a cup, and the cup is filled all the way to the top. And do you know that a cup can hold more volume than its actual volume? It, it'll get a little amount over the top, and it'll be more than a cup is actually meant to hold. So if God did that for a cup, what do you think he would do for you? If a cup can hold more than it seems like it has on the surface, what do we have? We have the ability to drink of this living water, this, this fountain from Jesus who has infinite resources, infinite peace, infinite grace, everything that we need. If you're hearing a prosperity gospel message, that's not what <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, what's the opposite of prosperity? I don't know. It's, good. But it's about us living this life, full of peace and abundant life, that you would have life and life more abundantly, like more joy than you know what to do with. Whenever I need a reminder of that, I just look at my daughter, Nene. We call her exuberance. She just has enough joy for everybody. <laughs> She's like so, so excited, you know, all the time. Life more abundantly. Got given a trip to Hawaii like a few years ago. And I mean, that's abundant in itself, but it was a pe somebody who was local and they wanted to take us to this uh, secluded beach. So it's like, okay, we, we go to the secluded beach. Um, it ended up being a nude beach, but, you know, we had to cover our eyes. But, <laughs> but it was the, I mean, you get there and it's the most beautiful beach ever. But because the reason why it's so secluded is you got to ride on the roughest road I've ever ridden on in my life to get there. It's literally unpaved and you have to know somebody with a four-wheeler and you're doing this for an hour. I mean, potholes in the road, it's just, it, it's been forever. It's like, oh. And then you, you walk for another 30 minutes, and here you are at this amazing beach with, like, turtles and, you know, dolphins in the disc. It's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> I think sometimes we think abundant life looks like that. That 
I have this rough road that I have to walk, and then eventually I'll get to the beauty that happens. Eventually I'll get there if I just like, you know, hold on long enough, when essentially God has provided us with verdant pastures exactly where we are. We are his beloved. What does it mean that we are beloved? We are to be loved, and we are becoming beloved. We're something that we are becoming. God is always opening opportunities for us to be blessed, to be broken, and to be given. And our lack does not stop him from pouring more and more into us. His overwhelming goodness. We are walking wells <laughs> of, of more than enough, of abundance. But how do I realize how loved I am, that I am called one of his beloved? It's by receiving his love. You want to help me a second, Mason? Give it up for Mason. We're going to do a little illustration. So this is, this is God's love. <laughs> I don't know whether or not God loves football, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, he loves people who love football, so maybe he does. So um, this is his love that he's like, he's always, oh, sorry, it's kind of hard. <laughs> he's always throwing, so you can throw it over here to me. He's always throwing his love to us, like always. And no matter whether we're catching it or not, He's always, he's always giving his love to us. And he throws it to me, and sometimes I don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel like I know him. I don't feel like I'm in a state where I can actually receive it. But it doesn't stop him still throwing, continuing to throw it to me. And the thing about giving is I can't give unless I have it. I didn't tell him I was going to do this, but... <laughs> And then I can give it away when I have it. You can just act like you are. So it's even. <laughs> now everybody wants to play. Now everybody's like, throw me the ball. <laughs> but look. I don't feel like I'm in a place like I can even receive it. I, don't, I can't give it away. Do it. And this is what God is doing. Just keep going. <laughs> this is what God is continue, continuing to pour his goodness and his love and his grace to me no matter what's going on. Thanks, Mason. Give it up for Mason. <laughs> I just thought of that simple analogy for, uh, for all we have to do is receive, which can be very difficult for people who think they have it all together or for people who think it's more complicated than that. And this woman had this encounter with Jesus at the well, and she just received him and said, eventually, like, okay, I believe. I believe you've told me. 
much about my life. She goes to Samaria, and Samaria was actually the first location to believe in Jesus because of this woman's testimony. And she just positioned herself to receive. We are, we, we feel, we get bad on ourselves because we can't give. Like, I don't have the bread that I should have. I don't have the resources that I should have. I'm not feeling encouraged today. I don't have anything to give. When our posture is only to receive. Receive the understanding that we are beloved. And if we never, ever give it away, never stops coming. Continually, he's pouring his love on us. See the love the Father has lavished on us that we will be called children of God. He's always pouring it out. And we know we are great stewards, not just because we have a great inheritance, because we have a posture to give in abundance. You don't have anything that you can't give away in the kingdom. We have it because we can present to others. And she was someone that was at a well, but she was yielded to who God was. This is a quote by Henry Nouwen, who um, wrote the book, Life of the Beloved. Our humanity comes to its fullest bloom in giving. We become beautiful people when we give whatever we can give. A smile, a handshake, a kiss, an embrace, word of love, a present, a part of our life, all of our life. Giving the most we can. This is us blooming as humanity as we give. And so full of this love that God has poured into us that all we have to do is, is receive. When I first came to the city, I would make paintings and leave them on the street um, just as a way to, it was the most that I had it was something that meant the most to me, so I would work really hard on these canvases, and then I would just leave them in places on the street and not really care what happened to them. And it, it taught me that it's not about the most you give, it's about the best you give. It's not about like, man, oh, see that trick you wrote, man, that was crazy. It's about what has it, what does it mean to you? I feel like love, giving is, when it's convenient, it's charity. Thou text this number, give, if you would want to this disaster that happened. Giving is generosity when it's obedient. When we are listening, and, and giving out of our obedience. When it begins to touch the world in a way that we never have imagined. You're like, man, come on, it sounds like you're talking about money in a veiled kind of way. <laughs> I know you're talking about bread. I'm talking about all the other gifts that we have in our List is elucidated, is lined out in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, 
So in 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, right before we get to the chapter on love, are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. These are the best gifts that we're supposed to desire. Yet I show you a more excellent way. What is the more excellent way? The more excellent way is love. So a friend of mine um, tweeted out this quote this week, and it's the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit baptized life ever given was not the preaching of the apostles or the healings that took place in our hands. It was the unselfishness manifested by the church. The spirit of 1 Corinthians 13, so many preach about and do not possess. The unselfishness or from a place of infinity. I know that's probably not a word, but I just made it up. <laughs> God's infinite supply, never running out of his love that just keeps coming. Your heart won't stop coming after me. It's like, and our posture becomes this wide receivers. <laughs> deep and wide, deep and wide. <laughs> and I think the simplicity of that is is so beautiful, and we have access to all these gifts that God gives us that the world is yearning and searching for. People can make the thought of walking and life in the Spirit way more complicated than it is. They can make it way more theology, you know, theologically, this is efficient, I don't know why people would do, you know, the, the cessation of the gifts, all the stuff that goes on. God is just looking for a way to love people more. That's it. I show you a more excellent way. I'm going to talk about all these gifts, but they are all under the covering of love. And he's saying, hey, if somebody gets healed in their body, it's, I get to love them in that way. If someone gets encouraged by prophecy, I get to love them in that way. If someone is administrated well, <laughs> I get to love <laughs> For you administrators, <laughs> to love them in that way, you know, some people feel love when they're in a line. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he's just looking out over the earth for multiple ways to love people and to give to them and to show them that they are the beloved. When we cut ourselves off from these gifts, we are essentially tying our hands behind our back in our attempt to love people and not accessing the power of the Spirit that he's given us. And yet, he shows us a more excellent way. There's no more excellent way than, than his love. 
and receiving it and being beloved and knowing that as you access that, you get the abundance of the kingdom. More than enough for yourself, more than enough for those around you. And it, it, it can be scary. <laughs> you know, I read earlier about how the foundation of his throat is righteousness and justice, but it says he's surrounded by clouds and darkness. Like, he's a scary dude. I mean, if he isn't. Very, very scary because he's powerful and because he is so eager to be with us. And he's surrounded by lightning. You know, people think heaven is going to look like Ikea or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> design well and like nice and quiet. The kids are somewhere else. <laughs> Free breakfast on Monday. <laughs> I, he, every description on his throne is pretty scary. But he is just powerful. But in the midst of it, he's loving and wanting to give out of abundance. Even when we can only handle a thimbleful, he's like, I'm going to keep sending it to you. You're not gonna you're not gonna look up. Maybe sometimes you may get hit in the head with the ball. You you know what I'm saying? You may um, may still you know go too far and not feel like you're in a place where you can give it out. But just see, I think that's what David did so well. That he was feeling messed up. He was feeling like far from the Lord. He was in sin. He was you know what I mean walking through all this darkness. But he was still posture himself to receive. He could still go into the Lord's presence and hear God say that you are my beloved. Abundance should be the normal Christian life that flows from knowing that you are loved. That should be our norm, abundance. Or abundance. <laughs> Like God has such a sense of humor, man. <laughs> we can be loved, receive, and give out. The central event at the Jordan and Jesus saying, God saying, This is my son with whom I'm well pleased, before Jesus had done anything that we know of significant. I am well pleased. He's well pleased with you when you're in your pajamas. He's well pleased with you when you are doing nothing amazing or what you see as wonderful. He is blessing you and loving you where you are. And how on earth could have Jesus ever multiplied anything if it wasn't first broken? So if you're feeling broken today, if you're feeling that you're so far away from ever giving away what you have, know that Jesus multiplied bread and food after he broke it and began to transform the world that we live in. 
even in death, the life surrendered to Christ continues to give us life and inspiration. And this in this beloved that he talks about the giving portion is even in death, the life surrendered to Christ continues to give abundance. Like that's ridiculous. You like how does that work? Just think about Mother Teresa. Just think about Martin Luther King. Just these wonderful people life surrendered to Christ and what comes to mind? They're still giving us these gifts of living a life knowing how loved that they are. What can the world dare do to me how beloved I am? I, I can get to a place where I am beloved and I'm becoming beloved and I get beyond rejection. I get beyond the slights of the world. I'll get beyond the insecurities of people around me who don't want me to succeed. The boss that is creating this struggle in me, that I can truly love them from a place of joy and of peace and abundance. And I love that God has provided for us in every bit of our lives this abundance. So do this right now. Let's close your eyes. Think of the place right now that there's lack. It should be easy because we're normally very aware of those places. Think of the place where you need holy, a divine intervention. A place that feels like it's an empty cup or now see the Lord as he pours the living water into that place. And what looks like full and abundant and alive. In Ezekiel 12, it says, along the bank of the river, on the side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for medicine. John copies the same passage in Revelations 22 and says that their leaves will be for the healing of the nations. And I just thank you, Father, for every place that you are pouring living water into right now, that the abundance that grows from that place 
will be for the healing of the nation. It will be for reconciliation. It will be for the canceling out of corruption. It will be for these long-held tensions that exist in this world that you are in the midst of pushing over. Chicago as a most corrupt and dangerous city is no more. It is a place of your abundance. And I thank you, Father, as you are flooding the valleys filled with lack, that you are eving now You are giving us an opportunity to experience your fruit and your faithfulness. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name.